Welcome to the Breakout Growth Podcast, where Sean Ellis interviews leaders from the world's fastest growing companies to get to the heart of what's really driving their growth. And now, here's your host, Sean Ellis. In this week's episode of the Breakout Growth Podcast, we look at Virtua Gym, a company that is helping gyms shuttered by the pandemic to reopen their virtual doors. Our conversation is with VP of Growth, Dan Bakers. He explains that the company started as an app and grew into an all-in-one system that helps gyms and trainers navigate everything from scheduling to workout plans. Even before the pandemic, Virtua Gym was growing 50 to 100% year over year. When the pandemic struck, they were able to build a tight community with gym owners and trainers to help them navigate the challenges. Don led the way by launching webinars and the Fit Nation podcast. So before we jump in, I wanted to let you know that we've opened signups for the second cohort of Go Practice, which will begin live sessions on March 10th. Go Practice is the immersive simulator for learning growth combined with weekly live sessions that I run with former Facebook data scientist Oleg Yakubenkov. And for this cohort, we've added a new skills assessment test to help you identify where your blind spots are so you can focus your time developing these skills and speed through the sections where you're already strong. So you can learn more at breakoutgrowth.net, and that's the companion website for this podcast, or you can go directly to gopractice.io. Now, let's jump in with Don and find out how Virtua Gym is accelerating its growth and reopening its clients' doors. Hi, Don. Welcome to the Breakout Growth Podcast. Hi, Ethan. Hi, Sean. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to have you on here. And as you mentioned, yeah, Ethan is on here as well. So Ethan uh, is my co-host. Welcome, Ethan. Hey, thank you. So um, yeah, really excited to hear the Virtua Gym story. Um, maybe before we talk about the, the growth side of things, you can just give us a quick introduction to what Virtua Gym is and the problem it solves, whatever you feel like will help the listeners get their head around around Virtua Gym a little bit. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, Virtua Gym is like a software solution and we serve personal trainers to big gym chains. Like for example, from the personal trainer to the biggest gym chain in Europe, it's called Basic Fit. And we help them to, yeah, to connect with their clients. So basically our promise is like fitness professionals' lives, we make it easier because everything's automated in one place. Uh, admin task, membership tracking, bookings, billing, organization, workout plans. Basically, when you start a gym, you need some equipment. We call it iron in the business. And you need a location. And then last, that's the last thing that fitness entrepreneurs think about. You need software. So then we, could, we come in and we arrange everything. And some big clients that work with us in, in the US, it's like Workout Anytime, Exports Fitness, uh, YMCA's. For example, YMCA Greater New York. And uh, yeah, that's in the UK, in the US. And then in Europe, we have in Germany, we have like uh, Mrs. Sporty, some big clients in the, in the UK and France also. So uh, that's it in a nutshell. Cool. So, so just to make sure I'm understanding right. So it's kind of like in any time a small business w- w- would get maybe a bookkeeping solution, might be a um, FreshBooks or QuickBooks, and then maybe a CRM solution like a HubSpot, um, you're doing, you're, you're kind of combining those with ve- other specialized things that, that a gym would really need, like, like managing the workouts, but you're, you're sort of an all-in-one software package for gyms. 
Is that yeah, right? Exactly. And then uh, we also call us the Android of fitness. And we also connect with other products, like, for example, ClassPass, that uh, can also sync the bookings, the ClassPass bookings with your own schedule. So uh, the guests that come in through ClassPass are not... Uh, yeah, are known all in one place. And maybe, uh, yeah, one of the best things that we offer and that gyms are really needed is like you have all these big, big, we have big tech, of course, right? So we offer also an app to a gym. So even if you're the gym around the corner, you can have your own app in the app store in your own branding and everything. And that's something yeah, that clients actually really, really love, like to have this branding for, by themselves. So that's really cool. Yeah, it sounds pretty interesting. Tell us a little bit about the your backstory and the company's backstory. So maybe first about myself. I got uh, into growth, and uh, coming into growth, I uh, yeah, I went to law school. So it's not the most uh, logical uh, way, but uh, I finished law school, and my master's I did part in Israel, and uh, Tel Aviv is of course a big startup hub as it is, and yeah, I, I stayed in Israel and, and joined their startup. That was about uh, life score in soccer. And yeah, I joined there as employee number eight. And uh, in the, after three years, we had 55 people, a marketing team of 15 people, 11 nationalities that I was leading. And 365 score was the leading life score app in the Latin, in the Latin world, the Arab world, Israel, and also big market share in uh, Europe and then uh, Northam. And there I learned basically everything from product, marketing, and I got... Maybe because it was about soccer, I got really passionate about this because I probably, uh, maybe, I'm curious how you, go, how you guys see it, but when you join a small company that is, very, that is an app, a soccer app, LifeScore app, uh, you need to touch up on everything, like product marketing, and then, yeah, you do marketing, but it's still very product-related because that's your product. And, uh, yeah, so that's how it started. Then I went back to, uh, I got an, uh, a very interesting offer in the Netherlands from 433. It's like the biggest, most engaged uh, Instagram community in the world. Uh, even bigger than the big names like uh, Kim Kardashian or Ronaldo. It's about the engagement, not the amount of followers. And uh, yeah, there I jumped on, uh, on that train. And then from another s- short stint that uh, something like Indeed, I went to Virtual Gym like uh, two years ago. And uh, really excited to be part of Virtual Gym because we really helped the customer and not only our customer we help, we help the gym to serve their members. And, and, and that's really cool to be like B2B and B2C at the same point. So, uh, yeah, that's really cool. And how, how Virtual Gym started, it started by two brothers, Paul and Hugo, around 12 years ago, who made, an, yeah, they made something like a Nintendo Wii. So they already believed 12 years ago in like VR and fitness. And uh, now, monetizing B2C is always a challenge, especially in that time. They were one of, and then they developed an app. They had one of the first fitness apps in the stores. Nobody even knew it was an app store back then. And they got more and more requests from gyms like, hey, can we buy your solution? And of course, that monetization is easier. So then they uh, yeah, turned around and went like B2B to create software for gyms. In the, but it all started with this app. And this app is still... Yeah, the, the, the central place for the gym member to go to and, and track their, for example, their food. Uh, we have a connected food app to it to track their uh, body composition through maybe a, an integration with InBody. Like it's all this kind of stuff. It all comes back in one place, one home screen where they can 
navigate everything for the gym from uh, booking a class, seeing when the schedule is, creating an own uh, workout schedule for themselves, tracking the steps, all of it in one place, bundled. So that's it, basically. So, yeah, the physical gym industry was really hit hard by the COVID-19 pandemic. And, you know, many of your clients, you said, are gyms. How has that impacted or changed the business? Uh, you know, what does growth look like over the last year or two? So this was actually, actually very interesting what you say, like the brick and mortar gyms, they had to, in a lot of countries, uh, in the Netherlands in the, at this moment, the gyms are closed, like the same, the same as restaurants and that kind of stuff. But uh, it was kind of interesting that the restaurants were closed, the jobs, the shops were closed here in the Netherlands, but the gyms were open. And so it was basically the only thing you could do was go to the gym. And... Uh, yeah, I was also been involved in that, talking to the association. Let's see how the rules yeah, evolve. But yeah, the gyms had to become, had to also go online, right? And this is the actually cool part. Virtual gym is the online solution for these brick and mortar gyms. So yeah, we, and we, yeah, we really adapted to it. So for example, we launched uh, something called Corona features. And this is the features that, yeah, to match the regulations that you have for reopening with Corona. For example, in the Netherlands, you need to have, uh, it's allowed to have 50 people in your gym, 50 people in a location, but people need to measure this, of course, in software. And you need to pre-book and answer questions that you don't uh, have COVID problems. So yeah, we automated all of that. And that really helped when the gyms reopened to be, huh? to be, ready, to be ready for Corona. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense that, that, um, the, it's, it's almost like the compliance piece, the, the, like the compliance fits really nicely with the rest of your offering. And, and, uh, normally gyms don't have a ton of compliance that they would have to think about, but for, for COVID, they definitely do. And, and adding to that, uh, also we, we launched like, uh, yeah, online workouts within the app, like we connected to online workouts with zoom or hangouts to the schedule. So the clients were used to use the schedule to book the class and now they book it and they also attend it within our app live. And next to that, we also have like, uh, we also implemented on-demand video offering. So you have kind of like a Netflix for sports in the, in the app of your gym. So even your gym is closed, your clients still have a touch point with, yeah, with your app because it's your brand and there they watch videos on demand on one hand, but also do the work yeah, the live classes with the instructor that they know by name and see normally every week twice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Do you um, do you feel like these changes? So I, I see so you've been at the company what about two years? You said yes, yes, this month. So, well, so so if you kind of take the the progression, like the, almost half that time has been been COVID uh, COVID times for you. So. Um, you you probably would have evolved the approach to growth during during your time there anyway. Do you, do you feel like the evolution that you've you've taken with with COVID is going to affect how you approach growth for Virtua Gym going forward, or will you will you go back to a lot of what you were just doing before once once COVID is over? Yeah, that's a very interesting question. Like, uh, and I think we get to that in a in a bit. Like, we started with this yeah webinar initiative. And I think this was, yeah, this, this is now different in my job than pre-COVID, let's say it like that. So we're active in a couple of markets. Spain is one, uh, is one of them. 
And in Spain was the first lockdown in was one of the first lockdowns in Europe or in the world maybe. And uh, because that market was closed down, we were like, okay, what do we need to do? Because I was managing the the country managers for uh, for our several countries, and it was like, yeah, we should we should hold we should facilitate something that we can talk about it and entrepreneurs can share their worry and also come a bit like yeah what can they do moving forward and what are the rules that are going to be in place for example uh, the question should you keep uh, billing your member as a club owner you know all these type of questions and yeah we started with that in spain immediately like i think the lockdown was on monday in spain friday we did a webinar in spanish and the next week we did it in uh, english Dutch, German, French. So then we had the ball rolling for five languages a week, a webinar to inform people. Because the gyms were closed, they were like, yeah, what can I do? Like, and there was this guy, this guy that's doing a webinar, this company. Yeah, and, and we got like so many signups without even putting marketing budget in it. But they just mm-hmm. wanted to talk. And the web- to- webinars were targeted to gym owners or, or gym management? Let's say gym entrepreneurs, but uh, yeah. If you are a personal trainer in a gym, you can also learn from it. So, yeah, we got over the past year, we got like 17, almost 17,000 signups and 10,000 live attendees in these webinars. And and this was all like a kind of like, yeah, there was no no marketing budget, all organic with with sending invites in the newsletter, promoting, promoting through partners. So, yeah, this actually really changed my job because, you know, if something becomes a success, as a growth project, yeah, you keep doing it, right? <laughs> and, and, and yeah, it also meant like, yeah, we didn't have a country manager in Netherlands. So then, uh, yeah, I became a webinar host and I, I really enjoy it. And, and I, each person that I call and ask to join the webinar, they're like, yeah, so cool that you ask me. Like people are really flattered by it, but also say like, yeah, I watched it. I know you, you're the blonde guy. So uh, hey. it's really fun. And, and pre, pre-COVID, do you think a webinar would have been something that would have actually been effective for your business at all or, or, or maybe not? I think, I think, but this is my personal opinion, I think the, the, what people want and what they see as valuable changed because of Corona, right? Everybody working from home. Uh, I, it's, it's, it's the same for you guys. You're in Zoom meetings all day. You're not meeting people physically. And before, especially with the gyms, like uh, events were important. Uh, you have the URSA maybe in the US, you know it. We have FIBO here in Europe. Like that was a big thing for us. You know, you have an event team. So what we did, we turned the event team into a team that fac- facilitates webinars <laughs> to, to work up on that, on that success. And, and especially in the Netherlands, we really build out that brand. And for example... Uh, when there were new regulations uh, in place in December, yeah, we got yeah 700 signups, and I had there the director of the Dutch Fitness Association. But because we built that brand, we had ten times more signups, uh, now ten times or twenty times more signups than the association because we own that domain now as it is, and and yeah, just the Netherlands is a small country. We had like more than 5,000 people live in these webinars. Yeah, and that's like, oh, yeah. I don't say it's the whole market, but it's a big chunk. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's really It's cool. amazing. Yeah, we were seeing this digital transformation in the fitness space 
already. I mean, Sean actually interviewed Mirror's CEO and they got bought by Lululemon. So we saw like uh, connected fitness was changing how, how the world of fitness as a whole. Um, but the, obviously, as you're pointing out, coronavirus has changed the whole landscape. What do you think Virtua Gym's role is going to be as this change progresses after the vaccine? Where do you think you guys will sit and what will growth look like in the future? So actually, uh, the, the, the preferences of the consumer is changing, right? So I, but I also expect, expect, especially in the gym space, is that people, when they feel that it's safe again, they will go back to the gym. But then instead that a guy or a girl who went to the gym before four times a week will now go maybe three times and then this fourth time want to do something on demand, right? And you have uh, big players as a big tech, Apple uh, joining into it. Uh, but also like, yeah, if you can offer that as a gym, I think it's very, very interesting. And because big tech is offering this, it's also opening something, right. For the local gym to, yeah, to also, you see that the, the people want it. So you should also offer it. Right. And we help, we help the gym with that. So I think that's, that's awesome. But yeah. That makes a lot of sense just because, um, yeah, I, I think even before even before the pandemic, the the convenience of of kind of on demand at home was was growing quite a bit. But I I do know a lot of people like that community of 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 the gym experience as well. And having multiple providers, I mean, the the fact is that I pay probably as much for my Peloton as I would for a lot of gym memberships. And so carrying both of those doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense. So so if you can have kind of a, a centralized provider of your of your fitness and and offer it in either in person or on demand. I think think that's going to make a lot of sense. Um, so, a question on just kind of like how you guys are are funded. Are you are you a VC back company or how bootstrapped? How have you how have you been uh, keeping keeping the lights on in the business or or maybe you know bootstrap profitable? I don't know what's the uh, what's the way that you guys are funded. Yeah, we're VC funded and. Uh... It's actually a funny story how I went from this VC to Virtual Gym because uh, my previous company went bankrupt, and uh, this was national news uh, in the Netherlands. It was a big, uh, it was the biggest job platform, and I also saw what can go wrong when you scale too fast and you don't have the right things, yeah, the right processes and KPIs in place, and it can also go wrong. So I learned a lot from that journey, and that was my previous job, and then. Uh, yeah, one of uh, a fr- yeah a friend of mine who works for that VC that is part of Virtual Gym. He's like, Dan, you always uh, you work in these app things, and uh, I think you should talk to Virtual Gym once. Uh, so then the next day I, I spoke to the CMO, and uh, yeah, the day after that I spoke with the CEO, and then uh, yeah, within forty hours I signed the job because I had such a yeah good connection with both of them and and with the CEO. Hugo Brown, he, he really has a vision and, and yeah, we really connected well and, and still, yeah, we do a lot of stuff together and, and, and figuring out stuff like where we should go as a company. So, uh, yeah, that's why I'm really enjoying it. So one of the things you just brought up there, I thought was pretty interesting that, that, um, the learnings that you got from, from the company that, uh, went bankrupt, that was like a, you know, it sounds like it was on a successful track and, and, and didn't, um, and, and and wasn't able to to keep going. What do you think is the biggest difference between that company and Virtua Gym in terms of in terms of sort of sustainability of the Virtua Gym model? 
Yeah, for sure. Now, the big thing is that uh, if you if you th- if you think about like the metrics that you measure, huh? have a clear North Star metric. For us, it's, uh, it's MRR. But in, in, in that in that previous company, we didn't have that. And we started there. They were already in the business for, I think, five, six years. But it was like all freelancers. And then the, the founder who was successful with the company before and cashed out with that, yeah, big time. So he, he founded it himself. And he wanted to go so fast that, for example, we already had a Polish country manager, but we didn't have our website in Polish. Like, yeah, then, then it becomes a challenge, you know? And, and, and yeah, we, we were not looking to these metrics as a company. And, and I really like at Virtual Gym, we have uh, the last day of the week, Friday, five o'clock, we have a Wodo and it's called uh, World Domination. And there the CEOs uh, host it. And uh, one week, the growth department uh, does a talk. One week, the marketing department, one week, sales, et cetera, et cetera. And everybody keeps engaged and involved. And uh, pre-COVID, so when we were working in the office, we had that we did that once a month uh, in, in a big room where everybody was together. And, and when we went working, working from home, we still do this every week. And I think that's really important to, to keep, keep having clear what are the metrics, have the data in place. And, and be informed mm-hmm. about what everybody is doing. You know, you have a clear North Star. Where do we want to go? And uh, yeah. yeah so what is, what is that North Star for you guys? So for now, it's like uh, MRR, so monthly recurring revenue. So that means uh, the amount of uh, yeah, licenses that we sell to, uh, to gyms, basically. And, uh, and, we, and, and of course, a lot of people can connect to that, like, and it's it's about revenue then in the end then, but we're also looking into to yeah make that maybe a bit more uh, yeah speaking to it for some imagine if you're a product uh, product guy or maybe you're a developer yeah MRR they they don't yeah it's not so touchy for them let's say it like that so it's not very inspiring <laughs> exactly touchy inspiring that's the right word so so we are. Yeah, we were now like in a project uh, with a couple of uh, people to see like, hey, let's have that MRR always in place, but also maybe think about uh, monthly active users, weekly active users, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. also inspire also the tech side uh, a bit more and Mm -hmm. and not only the commercial teams, right? Right. And so you just touched on the the business model as well, talking about the the revenue and the monthly recurring revenue. Is it so is it sold as a kind of recurring? kind of SaaS model or how, what's the, what's the, how do you guys actually make money? Yeah, we, we are a SaaS solution. Huh? We're really the software for, we do the software for the gym and they pay a monthly subscription to it. And it's based on the amount of uh, locations and amount of members. And then we have different packages like uh, membership and apps, coach, uh, membership and management, coaching and apps. So on one side, for example, the billing and on the other side, it's more the app with uh, where people can do the workout plans. and. Uh, and but mostly we sell the all-in-one solution because to have everything in one place, that's what people want, right? And that's also a general trend we see, uh, yeah, in this space, I think. Okay, now that makes sense. And then in in terms of the um, like, obviously you've had a lot of uh, transformation from COVID that we talked about, but um, I, I assume growth was 
pretty good before COVID as well, or 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 was COVID just sort of something that that just really drove the business and it was it was okay before, but got really good with COVID? No, no, it's already for five years. It's like on a on a good on a good pace, like uh, between fifty one and fifty percent year over year. So, what do you think was driving that yeah, success, think, like even before COVID? Yeah, I think it's 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 the the product market fit and to have an all in one solution, right? So. When you're the gym gym owner or the gym manager, you see what's happening in your gym, the amount. Uh, we have also a business analytics module uh, so they can track the performance, but also be, being able to, to do everything, basically. Uh, from workout plans to a schedule to billing your clients to have an app for the end user. So, yeah, to, to, yeah one, one piece of software to run your gym in a nutshell. So with that, what are like the key challenges that have come to mind that you've had to overcome, you know, especially in the last year or two? Last year or two? Yeah. Like, uh, of course, you, you, you need to always have like new ways to fill the pipeline. That is an every SaaS company. And, and one was like, uh, yeah, like in the Netherlands, we were one of the, yeah, we're the biggest. But to go, for example, into another country, like you need to build out that brand and, and, yeah, that people get to know you. So we're also starting to work a bit more with influencers uh, to get that to get your name out there, you know. And uh, I, I see that we're really, yeah, that's really being successful. And also on the content side, like share the success, you know, uh, create more success cases. And I, I'm coming back to the webinars again because it's also really important and really a tool that we got that, you know, that authority. Huh? When people wanted to learn about COVID in Germany, they went to the virtual gym webinar. While maybe before they didn't hear about, they didn't hear about the virtual gym. But virtual gym got the president of the German or European associ- association in, and yeah, from there they, yeah, they promoted also that webinar. We give them a platform. They learn, and yeah, that was a very, uh, very good way. And adding to that. Uh, that's how we called it here in the Netherlands. After six months, everybody was a bit uh, corona tired, right? Probably uh, you guys now too. So uh, yeah, we had a really, I think we, we did a very good job by tweaking this virtual gym webinar to, to the, we call it now the Fit Nation webinar. And why it's called Fit Nation? Well, we have a yearly conference in English in Amsterdam. And this is the annual fitness conference that brings together the brightest mind of the industry for education, inspiration, and innovation. There wasn't really something like that here in Europe. But there were also a lot of, uh, we had American speakers, American guests. Uh, we had Brian O'Rourke uh, as a big uh, English speaker there. We had the CEO of uh, Basic Fit, what's the biggest chain in uh, Europe. So we had really good speakers there. And there, we launched that event next to our own brand to be more independent. Uh, and add that it, and we also implemented that in the webinars. So we have now the Fit Nation webinar, spot, uh, possible made by Virtual Gym, but we even connected other sponsors to it, who, who as sponsors slash partners. So we really switched it to Fit Nation to be more like an independent platform where people can learn. And in the, in the Netherlands, in the US, we do this weekly, and we say every week. At 12 o'clock on Thursday, we go live and you can log in and ask questions. And we really see every week hundreds of signups. And 
yeah, through that platform, it also, yeah, it also got like a new, gro- yeah, a new growth loop, like, like people that are not there. It sounds like uh, growth has really been a product of, of experimentation and, and trying these new things, especially in this last year. And it sounds like you have a really close relationship with the CEO and you can talk about these ideas and, and, and have discussions. I guess that's, uh, ha- has to be super helpful in, in affecting change, but it sounds like your role has adapted a lot. Um, but can you tell us a little bit more about how the teams are organized, how you're organized around product marketing and growth and kind of where you fit in and how that's changed? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So if we then take like, uh, the, you know, the product growth marketing and the customer success team. So, uh, yeah, the marketing team is mainly focused on like uh, the MQLs, uh, marketing qualified leads. Huh? To, and then uh, the product team is delivering the features, building it. And uh, yeah, the sales team is, of course, uh, doing doing the sale. That make, that's pretty clear. And we also have like an SDR team. So a lot of uh, cold calling. Uh, so basically clients can go through this SDR funnel, let's call it like that, and uh, the marketing funnel. And then, uh, yeah, customer success is like onboarding the clients. And when they're onboarded, when they have problems, they can reach out to us, to the customer service team. And the growth team is a bit uh, overlapping and uh, connecting and between these different departments. And in, in, in our company, we call it, it's the oil between the departments. So pre-COVID, we structured that with country managers and like a, growth uh, manager but now we switch that basically to more like focus on partnerships in general someone for north and someone for europe uh and customer and product marketing and next to that to webinars and I, I i think that customer and product marketing or let's call it just product marketing for now is something that yeah that that could be a, i think that's going to be like maybe the next thing or something because Companies and not only talk about virtual gym, but in general, they really focus till someone is a client, has signed the deal, and then maybe gets a very good onboarding process. But what happens with them? How are they nurtured from a marketing perspective when they are a client, right? How are the new products launched? How does the product team market themselves within the organization? And yeah, I think, yeah, I think this is really. That's now a focus for me. And, and also as a growth team, we try to map out the whole funnel and, and facilitate with that. And yeah, and then you come also, you find, you look for these growth loops. And, and for me, it's now like, if you keep delivering wow moments, aha moments, your clients, how you can upsell them, of course, but also they can have like a refer program. They can refer their friends in the business about the product. Like they're your ambassadors. Uh, you can have, they can help you to get good reviews because when you buy software and the, the websites like G2 Crowd, Captera, uh, even Google, the reviews, it's very important. Uh, and for us, we even have also the app stores where we got reviews. So to nurture these clients that, yeah, that you make them happy and make, keep them giving new aha moments or it is with informing about the products you already have or the launch of the products. And get them from them reviews, referrals. So you get like a growth loop. Yeah. So, so Don, one of the things that you said that jumped out to me was um, 
that uh, the growth team is kind of the the oil between these different uh, kind of departments in in the company. So does it? How does that? So does it mean that you're a, a lot of what you're trying to achieve? You, you you need to achieve kind of through influence and and encouraging those those teams to do the right thing without necessarily having the um, kind of hierarchy of reporting where you tell them what to do or how, how does how does that relationship work? Yeah, very, very good question. So basically when, when I joined Virtual Gym, there was no growth department. And uh, as a really startup guy, I joined Virtual Gym and it was like, yeah, you're now the head of growth. Bring us some growth. <laughs> so so we had like a freemium product for like uh, coaches and I, I dived into that. Because I think, yeah, if I crack that code, that could bring a lot of, of value. Now, I tried to crack that code, didn't crack it. Uh, and then I was like, okay, what are we doing in marketing? How, is the, uh, how is, does the customer journey look like? Uh, for example, if we have people filling in a, a demo form on the website, right? They want a demo. So I, I looked at what can I tweak to, to improve it and for example, we connected, uh, we measured how long does it take from demo request to demo. Yeah, that was not, that was hours slash days. But yeah, we all know if that's minutes, we will be more successful. And I really like to go in it sometimes and then find the right tool that I can connect to that form and Salesforce to get this callback time from maybe days to like minutes. So I found a tool that was called uh, Callingly. And when somebody fills in the form, the phone of the sales rep will ring and he picks up and then the customer gets called. And yeah, so looking more to marketing and, and sales and yeah, influencing them actually like, hey, what is, what is, what is the leap there? How can I help? Uh, and, and not in a hierarchy that I had a big team. In the beginning, I was by myself. And then I had the country managers. Uh, during COVID, we had a different approach. And then it went also more into product. like. Uh, I think about activation is, is a big thing that, uh, that I'm working on now, but also think about like, hey, how are the commercial departments, their needs reflected in the roadmap? Because sometimes it's, it's really siloed. And yeah, if, when you're a startup guy, you never experience silos, right? So if you come up with a startup mindset in a scale-up, in the beginning, people thought like, why is he involving himself everywhere or giving his opinion? But I was like, it came from help, help and with working the people together and convincing them, I, I really got that, yeah, got that info. I played that info, influence card in a good way. And I also feel that my counterparts are also open for it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So that. I, I definitely think that's one of the hard parts of, of the job though, is uh, get to, to influence without, without having people feel like you're stepping on their toes. <laughs> yeah. I, I, to be honest, I think I cracked that code now. And in the beginning it was sometimes hard and sometimes people say, what are you telling me? But if you, but if you show results, right, if, if, if it makes sense what you're saying and you implement it and it is successful, then if you come the next time people think, Oh, maybe he has a, because it's actually like the growth mindset that see it from a different perspective to move forward or, yeah, that, that's something that I really learned in like uh, the startup. So I actually, maybe a, yeah, a cool thing to mention, like I, I, I talk with the sales reps on the floor, with the CS reps uh, to the CEO. Like I'm, after each webinar, I call a client and a prospect and ask them how they 
what they thought about it, you know, to learn from them and, and from and to learn from that market. And and coming from there, uh, I had the suggestion and it's implemented and it's facilitated by the product market here. Our product owners talk every week. They have a call with a U.S. customer and with a European customer. And there is a, the relevant product owner will join that it is his domain or her domain. And yeah, before this wasn't in place, right? You need to have this customer-centric thinking to to keep talking to your clients uh, and not only when they have a problem and reach out to you, but keep talking to them. And, and I really inserted this customer-centric mindset. We launched something called the Pioneer Portals. We have now portals for each market where clients can, get, can directly talk to product owners and product owners need to reply there. And uh, You know, Don, I mean, it's, it's amazing. It sounds like there's a lot of things going on to work together towards cross-functional alignment. Is that intentional? Were silos starting to grow and, and you've actually had to like, in, you know, intentionally fight the silos or is it just been a natural progression? I think, I think when they hired me, they had that thought in mind <laughs> because they think the startup guy, yeah, like if you're 25 people or 20 people, you don't, there are no silos, right? You know everybody by name and his birthday, you know exactly what everybody's doing. So it's not siloed yet. And I came with that. So I never experienced, so for me, in my world, there was no silo, you know? Uh, I just walked up to the to the CS rep or to the developer like, hey, why are we not doing this? And then I actually realized, hey, this is, People told me this is not normal what you're doing, but coming. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, if you if you earn earn, yeah, if people see that you bring value, they, they want to listen, right? So the growth team is really like core to that cross functional alignment, and then you, it sounds like you've layered on other things like the world domination meetings and and things like that. Is it, are there other tools that are helping you really keep the break down those silos? Yeah, that. Uh... I pre-COVID, and this was actually, uh, we did like a kickoff day uh, for each quarter with the whole uh, company. And then the last one, I actually, the, so pre-COVID, uh, one uh, yeah manager or, or someone in the management team will host it. So one time it's the VP sales, one time it's the VP growth. So uh, by hosting that for the whole company, and we split then uh, in yeah, half of the company in the morning, the other half in the afternoon, and have... Again, it's about giving that message and we did some interaction. So I think I, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Uh, my task that I then invented was like, hey, you, we make teams with people from all different departments, from developer to, to product to uh, customer service representative. And then we said like, yeah, can you guys draft together a cold email? And this input, these cold emails that these people wrote, we, we, we actually used it after because to get the cold email perspective from uh, a customer service rep who's there maybe four years, like it's really valuable, right? Uh, and also like that the marketing team talks more to customers. Uh, yeah, a good example is, for example, we had a PR guy starting, he's in the marketing team and we had a kickoff uh, introduction meeting. And, and the first thing I said, like, yeah, if you're the PR manager, like, uh, sounds sounds very interesting to me. But do you know what a gym owner reads? You know, what are his preferences? Uh, so after that call, I called two clients that, yeah, they're sending me always a text on WhatsApp. Down the system doesn't work. 
and then I'm their ambassador. But when I have the PR guy starting, I give them a call. Hey, my PM, my PR manager is going to give you a call to, yeah, to hear from you. What, what is the media you're consuming? You know, which websites do you visit? Which magazines do you read? Etc. Etc. That's really it's really smart. Uh, I started my career in PR, and I wish clients had had done that for us <laughs> instead of help making us guess. Right. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things that you've uh, touched on a couple of times is is the the customer journey and the different loops in the business. Um, I think kind of looking at it from the organizational perspective, do you feel like your your understanding of that full customer journey and and ultimately how the business grows with these different loops is something that is is understood pretty broadly across the organization, or is that is that also part of your job in that growth role is trying to improve that understanding and get people on the same page about that? Yeah, exactly that. Like uh, sometimes it's like, what is what is this guy? What is, yeah? What are your projects now? Or, or and that's it's very important, especially if you're in in a role that you try to connect the different departments. I think that to show your wins and the visibility is like yeah, very important. And for example, we launched the the referral program, right? So how uh, you need to find, uh, we are in SaaS ourselves, so then you love other SaaS tools. Uh, so you find the right SaaS tool. You have an operations team helping to connect it to your Salesforce, the product marketeer to. Uh, start working on the content, align it with marketing. If it's all the right messaging, uh, get finance approval for the payouts that you want to do, but also have a call to action actually in the product, uh, in the portal that the gyms are working on. And then, uh, yeah, the, the last step is then uh, basically... And then, of course, the automation. After each wow moment, they get a, a question. After each... MPS score that's uh, positive. They get the app. Do you want to leave a? Do you want to refer this product to your friends? And also now the last part that's what we're working on now. Like uh, if you want on a high growth path, maybe then just this automation is not enough, and uh, it's not enough to mention it in the onboarding process. What that's very a dedicated process, but maybe insert sales into it. You know when they had a wow moment. Maybe they shouldn't only get an email. Maybe they should get a call, and maybe it's very valuable uh, around this, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that. Do you um, do, do you feel like there's a a really perfect time to ask for those referrals? Is there is there kind of a set of actions that they've done in the product that, um, or maybe beyond field? Do you have data that that supports that there's a perfect time to uh, to to ask for those referrals? Uh, we. We have some things already in place, like for example, the MPS score connected to that, uh, they get a request for referral. So that's a trigger that's very uh, that's worth working perfectly with the tools we're using. And now it's this is this is something I'm working on now. We know now we mapped out like uh, or we're mapping out actually now these wow moments, and that try to connect because that, I think that's for a lot of companies a challenge, right? So connect like product usage with marketing and and and. Right. But that's something that See, that's part of that whole machine of just kind of get, you know, I mean, part of it, I, the, the, what I just asked you about earlier is kind of like, does, does the rest of the company understand that machine that, that kind of takes a customer from, 
from first hearing about Virtua Gym to the point where they're this raving fan telling everyone they know about it, or at least telling other gym gym involved people about it. Um, but the you know trying to break down and really understand that in the first place is actually pretty tough. Um, so, but, but I would be curious of kind of like what is what would be the typical path? So, how does typically someone find out about it, and then what are the steps that they go through to the point where they they are that that um, evangelizing evangelizing fan that uh, that 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 loves it and spreading the word about it. Yeah, true. Because we have a very it's an all one solution, right? So it's sending your uh, your builds to to the clients and managing that to building their workout plan. So we have a lot of very happy clients because if you and this is also what I hear a lot of times when I talk to customers when you're you you need to go through a phase about learning the product right and when you crack when the customer knows how to use it and uh, they're gonna be and they keep using it they're our fan and and this is something that we really measure well and that's like the time to value so they need to hit some this is a metric that uh, is very important in the onboarding uh, and we're also helping out with that on the customer marketing side you know writing writing deep dive blogs about this huh? like you have the difference between seo uh, and and customer marketing so deep dive blogs where you explain with good visuals and also share how other customers yeah, how other customers were uh, doing that and we see the customers that are the most successful we also have a community function right we have a community in the app the clients will also use the community a lot they see that Virtual helps them to build that community and if you look in the space of fitness, uh, CrossFit is a really good example of that, this community building, right? So, so we try to train people, yeah, clients with that, but also like the schedule. Uh, if, if a client always uses the schedule, uh, it's one of the core functionalities for, for a gym, right? To have a good schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so just, I want to dig one, one more into that, uh, last question of just how, how do they typically discover it in the first place? Yeah, that, so, uh, then I, then I get back, like people, let's think that you, you are a personal trainer, right? You're coaching two, two, three friends you be, and you get more money for most personal trainers. It's the ambition to have a gym. So then when they're a personal trainer, they maybe still work with uh, an Excel sheet and that and these type of stuff. But when they open a gym, they know that they, besides the location and had the equipment, they need software to run the business. They know, and then then they go for the look, like, hey, which which software is there in the market? As their friends, so if you already have a market share, you can really grow organically from that. And otherwise, they go for the search, like, hey. And every gym owner uh, yeah, has a different concept. Every gym owner thinks he has a unique concept and his needs are different. But yeah, as you know, with SaaS solutions, uh, yeah, we know that from experience by building it for so many clients, the basic needs are normally the same, right? Uh, so then in that journey, they, they look for software to manage their schedule, to manage their bookings, to manage the invoices. And then they come to virtual gym through, for example, content uh, that we provide a lot, but also like the webinars, uh, yeah, the standard, the standard things, or an SDR, or or another one that that that's really growing is like through partnerships, uh, because it could be that someone doesn't really have 
their own gym software, but they may be already using ClassPass. And then they see, okay, which software connects well with ClassPass? And then you can go through the cla- through ClassPass to your own gym software. And, and not only have ClassPass visitors, but huh, have also your own visitors, basically. Right. Yeah, I did the same thing like with with FreshBooks and and Gusto, like you know, which is for my payroll. And so being able to, you know, you you're whatever you're using, you want to make sure that um, it plays well with something else. And so, like, I I definitely found Gusto because I used FreshBooks, and so being exactly. able to kind of that that ecosystem partner marketing makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Don. Thanks so much for kind of walking us through that journey. It's really it's really fantastic all the success you guys have had and where you've, you've taken where you're taking it. One last question. What do you feel like you understand about growth now that you didn't understand maybe a few years ago? Yeah, this, this is uh, actually really funny. And uh, last, uh, last month, uh, my previous uh, company, they, they hit like 1 million reviews on Google play, uh, the 365 score app. And uh, I once built that, that like, Automated, automated loop, right? Uh, people enjoy, uh, you know, you have to pop up in the app, they get five stars, boom, give a review now. You all, you all know it. But eight years ago, this was new stuff. <laughs> so I, I see now, like uh, three weeks ago, they, they hit the one million reviews. And, and to see now that that process that I started eight years ago is now getting into that one million, I learned like growth is like a machine and it's a process. Like, the first uh, five webinars, man, the day before the webinar, I was going to sleep at one o'clock because I prepared a presentation and I put maybe a bit too much effort in it. But after, after a couple of times, uh, yeah, you, 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 know, you know that you need to have a call. I'm making it very practical now. You need to have a call two weeks before with the guest. So you can already start uh, implementing it uh, in your newsletter, inform the association to promote it inform your partners to promote it. So, yeah, I believe that growth is a machine and going from startup to scale-up, it's more and more about processes uh, yeah, and, and influencing slash, yeah, I, I call it, I rather call it buy-in than alignment, you know? <laughs> right, for sure. I like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this, this is great. I, I think we could keep talking all day, but... Uh, I I wanted to to kind of give some of the key takeaways that I have from this conversation and see if if Ethan's got some additional ones or anything that he wants to echo on this. But you know, for me, I I, I really look at um, the product market fit is what you've what you've indicated is is really a big driver of the success, and and that makes a lot of sense that you've got you've got this market of of so many gyms, and then you have all of these personal trainers that dream to have a gym, and you know. A, most of the personal trainers that I've met you know, are really good at training, but maybe don't have as much business experience. And so being able to have an all-in-one solution that helps them kind of navigate those things. And then it sounds like you've, through these webinars and, and uh, just resources that you've, you've really helped uh, fill in the gaps, not just on, on how to run a gym in general, but how to, how to navigate this really hard time for gyms that that's been COVID. And it, re, it actually reminded me a lot of um, something that I did when I was with log me in where we, we targeted small uh, outsourced IT shops. So kind of often like just a, you know, a couple of people working from a garage supporting handfuls of small businesses. And 
what we found was that um, the best way to engage our current customers and bring in a lot of new customers was to take our most successful customers and get them to tell their story about how they've grown their IT support business. And we knew they were growing by how quickly they were adding new seats. And so being able to reach out to them, get them to talk about how they've grown their business. And the more they talk about how they've grown their business, they can't help but talk about how our tool helped them scale and and manage a, a much higher volume of business. And so rather than doing a webinar about our tool, which is how most marketers tend to think about it, we did a webinar about the thing they cared about was how do they grow their IT support business and taking the people who've done that really well and then having them explain how our tool helped them actually scale that business um, was was really effective in, in growing LogMeIn and, and ultimately helped uh, help you know a, a part of the business grow that wasn't a part of the initial vision to, to the point where it was 50% and it sold for you know, several billion dollars uh, about a year ago, that, that business. So I, I've seen that formula work really well, um, you know, ten, over a decade ago, and, and it's cool to see it still working now. And then I also liked that you talked about, you know, talking to clients and really the more that you qualitatively understand what's going on and, and are really focused on that time to value, then, then you're much more likely to be able to have that lock-in that leads to referrals and, and retain customers and just and just builds that, builds that engine going forward. And also appreciated the insights on how you how you interact with different teams to to keep everyone pulling in the same direction. So those those were my key takeaways. I don't know, Ethan, any anything else that jumped out beyond these for you? Well, I definitely echo the your thoughts on product market fit. What you've really described is how much of an ally you are in your customers' growth. And it seems like the more we we talk to companies where they are, you know, their solution is about helping their customer uh, really realize their dreams, the more successful they are. So it's the fact that you say it's an all-in-one solution that gives real value for the gym owners. I think that's really uh, a key takeaway for, for me. And then uh, also, you know, you, describing yourself, the growth team as the oil between departments, I think um, you, you, you said something that really stuck with me is, you know, it's about getting people together with metrics and data and a clear North Star metric and then really pulling as a team. So I like that world domination meeting on Friday. I like, uh, I appreciated that. <laughs> yeah, great. So Don, any last words you want to want to share um, about, about growth that, that you feel like you haven't hit on yet? Yeah. Maybe just one thing. I, I really like what you said. Like most, most companies do webinars about, about their tool, how awesome they are. But for me, like, I believe like, inviting a good guest every week and not talk too much about yourself right it's not about you it's about that people learn from them and especially for for example people who are in the gym business they're passionate about gym about sports and not so much about business so so if i invite the ceo of a big chain and he can inspire the the personal trainer the personal trainer who wants also a gym chain but first needs to have one open their own location i think yeah, that that is so. It's yeah, it's almost beautiful. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so that, that I think that one is a really really good one. And it, I, I think what one of the the dynamics in your business in particular is that it's it's such a local thing to have a gym that you that that they're probably more open to sharing with with the other gyms because it's not like they're necessarily empowering their competitors too much or giving giving too much to their competitors it's a it's a community of gym owners that um, can can learn from each other and there's more to gain from contributing to that than than trying to 
hoard information for your your own little local market. <laughs> but uh, but again, we could we could talk on this for forever. So I'm I'm really uh, appreciative that you've taken the time to share this story of how you guys are rapidly scaling Virtua Gym. Um, really, congratulations again on the success that you've had. I'm excited to see where you guys take it from here. Um, to everybody listening, thanks for tuning in and we look forward to the next one. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, guys. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Breakout Growth Podcast. Please take a moment to leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And while you're at it, subscribe so you never miss a show. Until next week.